You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. In all this month, we've heard some speakers um, on this topic of God and money. And so we've heard about giving, we've heard about living uh, simply, we've uh, had messages about like how, how do we take these biblical teachings of, of giving and giving up things, uh, as well as being blessed and working hard, like how, this mixture of how money and God um, and our spirituality works together. So anyways, this morning we have a real treat. Two people are going to be speaking. Their names are up there, Scott and Bethany Palmer. Um, and like, I think it was last year we had this series, a month-long series called The Wisdom of the Elders, in which we literally had elders of New Life come and speak. And Scott is one of our elders. Um, and so he's, he's an elder, and he's chosen to be an elder. Him and his wife, Bethany, um, have this ministry that they do. And so I want to kind of introduce them so you know who is speaking to us this morning, because it's really quite a blessing for us to have them. And they have this ministry. They've written four books uh, on money, um, and they've been in the business of money for 15, 16, 17-ish years, 20 years of financial coaching, financial advising for nonprofits, for individuals. And they've been on, just because you love this stuff, because you watch TV, they've been on Fox, ABC, Good Morning America, CNN. So I'm just giving you an idea that we have some really cool people that know what they're talking about and have done this before. And it's just an honor and privilege. So Scott and Bethany, why don't you guys come on up here? Let's give them a big welcome. Well, when Joe gave us the opportunity to come visit with you all, we were very excited. Um, Love the Mills Sunday School. Love what the Mills doing on Friday night. As an elder, I can tell you guys are a blessing to this church. We pray over you. We pray for you. If you ever have prayer requests, let us know because that's that's one of the key things that we do as leadership in this church is just pray for you guys. So we're we're excited to be here. Last time I was here, I, I made a reference to Paul being a potty mouth in the Bible, and I'd like to thank you for the emails that you sent Pastor Brady on that. That was great. It was a fun phone call the next morning, so I won't be referencing any of the big guys and their language. So anyways, but we are excited to be here, and um, I think this next 40 minutes is going to be action-packed for you. It's going to be a different message than you're used to, and yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. One of the things that a lot of people, you know, say we get introduced as being in the financial planning industry. And because we get introduced as being in the financial planning industry, you probably have a thought in your mind of what we're going to be talking about today. But so we found that it's easy to explain what we're not going to be talking about. So that will start to get you into the idea of what we are going to be talking about. We're not going to be talking about budgets today. Is there any woohoo? I get a woohoo up there? Okay, woohoo, all right. We're not going to be talking about retirement planning, financial planning, uh, getting your financial house in order, uh, estate planning and all that, which is very, very important. We cannot stress how important those things are. But what we are going to be talking about is something different as it relates to money. It's the relationship side of money. It's a very, very important thing to talk about, and Scott's going to stress that here here in a minute. But what we realized is that, and all the financial planning that we've done, is that there's a whole other side to money that people don't talk about. And there really is a difference between 
financial planning, retirement planning, estate planning, budgets, debt, getting out of debt, and all that. That's finances. That's important, getting your financial house in order. But what we're going to be talking about today is something that is very different, and it's the relationship side of money, or what we call your money relationships. And one of the things that we discovered is that God wants us to have amazing relationships, but he doesn't want money to get in the way. And so understanding that difference between money relationship and finances, let's step take finances and put those aside for this this morning, and let's talk about the money relationship side. About 10 years ago, Bethany and I had a, um, had a couple come in, and this couple was very fluent. We had been working with them for probably four or five years, and they came in and they sat down, and I had, because I'm a nerd, I had all the reports done. Everything looked perfect. The glossiness was amazing. Sun was shining off the graph. It was beautiful. <laughs> and um, they came in, and you could just cut the tension with a knife. I mean, it was just really, really awkward. And so we're kind of looking at each other like, what's going on here? So I kind of go into my spiel, so, hey, how are the kids? And, and we start talking a little bit of small talk. And she just interrupted me, and she said, hey, listen, we're getting divorced. And I was like, wow, okay. That, just so you know, when someone tells you that, <laughs> it's a downer when you're trying to give them a financial <laughs> review because um, you can't really skip over that part. So I said, oh, okay. So we're kind of staring at each other. And Bethany gives me the, if, for those of you who are married, you'll get this as the guy. You'll kind of get the poke, which is you ask them because I'm not, and you're obnoxious anyways, and they won't be surprised if you do. So I did. And I asked him, I said, well, okay, what are, you, what are we getting divorced over? And in my mind, I'm going, oh, that dude's addicted to porn, or oh, yeah, somebody cheated on somebody else, or maybe they've just grown apart. I love that one. And, um, and they said, we can't get along about money. And so we're like the money people. And they're basically saying, yeah, you're terrible at your job. Congratulations. That's what it felt like. And um, I said, money, I, I don't get it. And she goes, we just can't get along about money. We just really want to get here and split up the assets. So that's what we did for the rest of the 45 minutes is we figured out who was going to take what and where those assets were going to go. So I called him about three days, three days later because Beth and I were just really struggling with this because we, they, on paper, they were perfect. On paper, they were doing everything that as financial planners, we've told them to do. They weren't in debt. Their house was almost paid off. They were doing, he had a very successful business. I mean, they were, they were loaded. And so I called him a couple days later and I just said, you know, I, I just have to ask you a question. I don't understand how you could possibly be getting divorced over money. I just want one example. Just give me one of something that would, that would make you guys get divorced. And he didn't even think. He just later on, he goes, coffee. And I'm like, what? Did you say coffee or did you sneeze? He said, no, coffee. I'm like, what do you mean you're getting divorced over coffee? I'll buy you coffee for the rest of your life. I don't care. And he says, no, because here's the deal. I work really hard. I'm very successful. Every day on the way into the office, I have to have my cup of Starbucks. And he named it. It was, I don't know. I'm not a coffee drinker. So it was like a Flappuccino, decaf, no latte. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Sounded like a book of the Bible. I was like, wow, sounds official. So anyways, and he said, and every day I get my cup of coffee. And around 10 o'clock when she calls just to check in, she asks me if I got my cup of coffee. And then the whole conversation goes downhill from there. Well, I can brew it for you at home. Why do you do this? Why don't you do that? Why didn't you do this? That's $5. If you multiply that over our lifetime, that's X amount of money. We could buy another house with that amount of money. And he said, after 15 years of that, I'm done. Because every time I spend money, she gets mad at me. And that 
is what we're seeing so much. So what that did was that put Bethany and I on a journey to really look and how are these, how are, how is money affecting us on a relational level? How is it affecting marriages? How is it affecting family relationships and even business relationships? And how do those money decisions affect business relationships? I'm so excited when Joe asked us to be here because I know some of you in this room are married and you're going to be totally touched and blessed by this message. But I know I've got a lot of singles in this room. And if we can get, and we can get these points that we're talking about, and we can get you start to thinking about money differently, then if you want to be married, if you get married in the future, I believe that this has a huge opportunity to save and make your relationships better. I was single till I was 32. I was in a lot of groups, just, not a lot, but actually one in California. I was very involved with a, a large a group there. And money impacted my relationships even before I got married. So it's really our hope and our prayer that the message today will have quite an impact on you for today, but then also for your future as well. One of the things that we did realize with all the couples and things that we um, interviewed, actually, before I do that, do you want to give the different examples of... Yeah, let me, let me talk about... Obviously, I gave you a great example of marriages. Let me give you another example. What we're seeing in families, and a lot of you don't know this, but, and maybe some of you do know it, there was probably money tension in your families all the time that you didn't even see. A lot of you might have heard your mom and dad fighting, um, siblings fighting, and it, it, just, it just really, what we've seen in families is it's making much more of a, a devastating toll than we thought. We've got a 50% divorce, in the, divorce rate in this country, and that's not a shock to any of you. And some of you might be divorced, you might come from families that have divorced, but what we found an amazing statistic that, was even, that even took us, took us back more was that 70%, this is according to the Washington Times, 70% of all divorces are over money. So think about that. We're losing half of our marriages, and 70% are over money. And so we're seeing this just like with that couple totally just kill relationships. I think about family relationships. My, um, my grandfather was a really interesting guy. He actually created the coating of bare aspirin. That was his patent. So he retired at the age of 45 after he sold that to um, whoever was making bear at that time. And um, so he, he had done pretty well for himself. And my dad and my mom and my aunt and my uncle had worked out this trust for when he, went to, to, to when he died that the money would get split up. And even with the trust and even with those assets being lined out on paper, it totally killed my mom and my uncle's relationship because my uncle just felt like he didn't get his due share. And so we're seeing that happen more and more as financial planners where we're seeing relationships where even they have everything in place getting killed. Business relationships. This is really interesting. We just started fairly recently looking at how business relationships are affected by what we're going to talk about today. And a great example is um, we had two friends in our Sunday school, and they were both attorneys, both great guys. And what we found was that they were going to start this partnership together. So they started this partnership together, and it lasted for less than 18 months. And the reason was, as both senior partners, they could not get on the same page about money. And even though they were great guys, and they were, they were both great Christian men, and they were ethical, they just couldn't get on the same page, and it just imploded their entire law practice. As a matter of fact, when the, when the practice split, half the employees went one way, half the employees went the other way, and it was, it was just like a divorce. It was a total, total mess. So we can see that money is impacts our, our marriages. Money is impacting our families. Money is impacting our businesses. And what we know is that God wants us to have amazing relationships, amazing ones, doesn't he? But he doesn't want money 
to get in the way. And so what we're going to share with you today are three truths, three truths that we've found from all the different people that we've talked to about what God has to say about money and relationships. The first one is... Sure. The first one is God knew that there was going to be money tension in our relationships. doesn't matter what relationship is. He knew there was going to be money tension. So let's take a couple minutes and go through scripture. Before I do that, I'm just going to open us up with prayer. Every time I open up the Bible, I think it's a good idea to pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for you for just being an amazing God. We're so thankful that you gave us this book called the Bible that's not only there to encourage us, but also just gives us life lessons, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you open up our minds today to think about some things probably in a different way. I just pray that your scriptures come alive, Lord Jesus, and I just pray that people leave this room changed with a different perspective of just how mighty you are. In your holy and precious and perfect name, amen. All right, the first scripture I want to look to, if you have your Bibles, if you could open them up, is going to be First, first Timothy 6, and we're going to jump into verse 10 on that. The interesting thing about this scripture is I have probably read this scripture a thousand times and I've always taken away the exact same message from this verse. And I think that's one thing that we tend to do, especially with verses that we've heard a lot about or we've read a lot of times. We just read it and we kind of go over it. But what I'll encourage you to do is every once in a while, just marinate in scriptures that you already know, because you never know what God is going to pull out of a scripture that you might even have memorized. So let's look at 1 Timothy. Most of you will know this verse. Some of you probably even have it memorized. So verse 10 says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And I've read that verse and I memorized that verse. I went to Christian school and I think that was like a first grade verse that they put us through. And I read that verse like this. Oh, okay. So if I'm making a lot of money and I'm not tithing and I love money too much, then that's evil. Okay. I'm good with that. I just, I just won't love money. But then one day, Bethany and I were talking about that verse and Beth said, well, what kind of love were they talking about? What kind of love were they diving into? Because the word love, there's five different translations in the Bible of love. And the type of love that this is, is phileo or philea. And what type of love is that? That's brotherly love. And so we dove deeper into that definition of love. And that love pertains to friends. It pertains to siblings. But more importantly, it pertains to lovers. And so what I took from this verse in a total different way was that the Lord was saying is that if you're putting family, if you're taking friends, or more importantly, you're taking your spouse, since a 70% divorce rate, 70% over money, and you're putting money in front of them, and you're putting money in front of relationships, that's the root of all kinds of evil. Because if money substitutes relationships, if, if that substitutes intimacy, you, you have opened yourself up to a whole nother level of sin, lust, and just anything that we're not supposed to do, that's where that. So that's what God was talking about. He wasn't saying money is evil. As a matter of fact, money is one of the greatest... money's evil, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Because we touch it every day. Right. And, and we need to use money to do certain things, raise our family, raise our kids, move the church forward, helps with missions. He never intended money to be the root of all evil. But you know what? When we put it in front of other people, it definitely is. So I want you to think about that verse. Then I want you to flip to Genesis 13. I'm, yep, Genesis 13. And that is verse, I'm sorry, I lost myself. 13.8. This is what I call the first family breakup over money. This is the first family business to run awry. Is anybody in this room, does anybody in this room work for a family business? Can I see your hands? There's one, two. Awesome. 
God bless you guys. We have a person who went like this. What does that, that mean? Means I'm, that means I'm about to quit, so I'm just going right here. I hate my family after working with them for six months. Been there, bro. I work with family business, too. So anyways. But let me just kind of show you what's happening here. You've got Abram and Lot. Now, Abram has, you know, the Lord's told him to move away. And the one person that goes with him is Lot. So him and Lot are, are tight. I mean, they're, they're best of friends. They're family. They love each other. And I think their relationship was pretty great. But what we can see is, in verse 8, Abram said to Lot, let's not have any more quarreling between you and me. So they were fighting. Between our herdsmen, which were their other employees, and mine. For we are brothers. So he's basically saying, hey, you know what? I love you, you love me, but this whole family business just isn't working. And so what he says is, um, is not the whole land before you? Let's part company, which means they're, they're firing each other. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. Now Lot looked up and saw the whole plain for the Jordan was well watered like the garden of the Lord. So basically it was like the garden of Eden, like the land of Egypt towards Zor. All right, so you have Abram and Lot. You've got Abram saying, we just can't get on the same page. Let's split ways. You have Lot who makes the decision to go ahead and take the green land, which makes all the sense in the world. Of course, he also happened to camp next to a little place called Sodom and Gomorrah, and we all know how that worked out for him. So... <laughs> Hindsight being 2020, probably not the best financial decision, but he took it and ran. And what I took from this was two points. The first point is there's a way, we all know that working in a family business, and Bethany and I have been working together for 20 years, we all know there's right ways to part and there's wrong ways to part. Abram parted exactly correctly. Lot, not so much. And what did it bring Lot? It just, it, it brought, it, it just, it wasn't good. I don't think Lot really prayed. I don't think Lot really said, well, Abram, talk to your God about what direction I should take. He just headed towards Sodom and Gomorrah, nice little resort town, and boom, we know what happens. So that's a great example. And that's only 13 chapters into the Bible, if you think about it. We see the first family breakup over business in the, in the 13th chapter. All right, the last scripture that we're going to look at, and we're going to marinate on this one, thank you, is the, par- is the parable found in Luke and it's Luke 15, verse 11. And this is another one of those that we all know. We all know the parable son. But what I want you to do this morning is look at the parable son through a different set of lenses, and that's going to be the money lens. So it's Luke 15, verse 11. And you can just camp here because we'll come back to this. But it says, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of this state. So his dad did. He divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, which was quite a bit, and set off to a distant country, and their country, and there he squandered his wealth. And we're going to get back to that. Okay. So what we see is that money impacts our relationships, our marriage relationships, our family relationships, our business relationships. Does anybody know how many times God talks about money in the Bible? Anybody know? Yell it out. 5,000? 5,000. Any other guesses? All right. 2,400 times in the Bible. Why did he talk about money so much? Why? Because he knew it was going to impact our relationships. And so that brings us to truth number one. Truth number one is money will impact your relationships. There is no doubt about it. So if you remember that from today and next time it happens, which it'll probably happen sometime in this next week, remember that money impacts our relationships. 
So we met with lots and lots of couples and, and, and saw so many challenges between families. We would sit down with individuals and say, how does money impact your relationships? And they could just spew them out. And so we were like, what are we going to do about this? Scott and I were just like, what are we going to do? Because all of these relationships are being torn up over this thing that God talks about so much. People want to run from it. People don't want to hear about it. People don't want to talk about it. But how are we going to impact relationships? And what we discovered brought us to truth number two. And truth number two is God has cooked into us two money personalities, two distinct, specific perspectives of money that is probably very different than the person that you're sitting right next to. So if money is going to impact our relationships, truth number one, and God cooked into us two different money personalities, we better understand inside of our relationship what the perspectives of money are that the people we're in the relationships with. And for those of you who are married or in a relationship, my guess is your perspective of money is very different than the perspective of the other person in the relationship. You want to know why? Why would that be? Why would it be that I married Scott and my perspective of money is very different than his? Different backgrounds, okay, and we'll talk about that. What else? Why would my perspective be probably married like even opposite than Scott's? Say it again. God wants. Oh, awesome. God wants both perspectives of money and relationship. Awesome. Somebody else raised their hand over here. Yes. You enjoy different things? Okay. I will also give you another perspective of why our money personalities are very different. Because opposites attract. I'm attracted to his opposite, to, to the opposite money person. Ah, I saw a couple give a high five over there. They're like, got the answer right. But yes. Actually, he was saying, so I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. Um, but that's right. Opposites attract. I'm attracted to the fact that his money personalities were different than mine. And I will tell you what, we didn't know about all these money personality stuff before we got married. But as we've realized and understand it just for ourselves, we've understand that we are attracted to that. So my goodness, if money impacts just about every decision that we make, which it does if you think about it, the decision of what we're going to bring back here for food, there was a money component to that. There's a money component. Are we going to put two pins on the table or are we going to put five? I mean, there's a money component to just about every decision that we make. We can't get away from it. That's why God talked about it so much, because he knew we were going to bump into it every day. So let's understand who we are. Let's understand the people who we're in relationship with. And then we have a chance of getting along really well about this money thing. So Scott and I did all this research and worked together and said, okay, let's identify what these money personalities are. What are they? And here's the thing. We all have two of the five. Not one, but two. So it's really important to not only understand your primary money personality, but also your secondary. And, but for right now, just for the fun of this, we're going to have some fun here as a group. Just for this little activity we're going to do, just focus on your primary. Focus on yourself. 
not the person sitting right next to you. We often see people like poking the person right next to him going, I know you're that. But, but that's fine. But let's make sure for just right now, just focus on yourself and just have a time of just identifying who you are and what you're all about. You know, one thing too, I think it's really important to understand about the money personalities. There's no right money personality and there's no wrong money personality. And for a lot of us, including myself, I just naturally assumed my money personality was right because it's who I was. But what we have to do is understand there is no right, there is no wrong, it's just different. Absolutely. All right, so here we go. There's five of them. Identify what you are primarily. The first one is a saver. These are the people, and I see a lot of big, white, bright, smiley faces out there, savers. Savers are the people who like to save. It's very easy. But save for everything, all the time. And not just save for yourself, but they like other people to save. You know, for example, the people who like coupons and or you go out to lunch with somebody and they want to go find somebody, some, a coupon to, to go there. That is the saver. People who are save have savings just all on their radar. That's just who they are. And that that's what brings them joy when it comes to any kind of money decision is the money that you're going to save. So the first one, saver. All right. Second one is a spender. Spenders are good people, too. Um, (laughs) Spenders are the people who like to spend, very simply. They like to spend, you know? You go into a store, you can't imagine not spending. Um, But here's the other thing that's kind of neat about spenders. Spenders are big gift givers. You know those people you go to a party and they can't, like, not go to the party without bringing a gift? Tell tell them about Marla. Okay, I have a friend, Marla. Okay, Marla. (laughs) We all have Marlas in our life. I go out to Marla once a quarter. We go out to lunch or out to, to, to coffee. She has to bring me a gift. I don't even think it's possible for her not to come without a gift. Tell her what she calls the gift. She calls the gift a happy. <laughs> so guys, don't ever show up to your buddy and give him a gift and say, this is a happy. <laughs> you will lose your man card in about 0.1 seconds. And you might not be friends anymore. Just saying. Not that I tried it. But, you know, whatever. That's where we go. All right. So we all have Marla's in our life, or you may be one yourself. So we have savers, spenders. The third one is a risk taker. These are the entrepreneurs of the world. These are the people who love adventure. They're always talking about adventure. You know, what am I going to do next? What's the new deal? What's the new experience to have? What's the new thing? Risk taker. That's the first thing. The thing that's so great about these many personalities is you can hear a person's money personality come out of their mouth when they're speaking. Even probably even this morning when you had a short discussion with someone, you could hear something that could trigger what their money personality is. So a saver is always talking about saving. A spender is always talking about the next next spending thing that they're going to spend on or next gift they're going to give. A risk taker is always talking about the next adventure that they're going to have. So we got savers, spender, risk taker. The fourth one is a security seeker. Let me jump in on the security seeker side. A lot of people get kind of confused between a security seeker and a spender because they kind of sound... A saver. I mean, sorry, a but, saver. But even before, but before you tell your story, let me just say that security seekers are always talking about the future. It's the future, having security in the future. And that leads to your story, which is great. Yeah, we were coming down the 470 this summer, and I blew out a tire. And we were doing about 75. I don't know if you've ever done that in a big suburban, but it's a big, ugly mess. And um, so we pulled over, and it was really, it was really great. The guy from um, Discount Tire was going home, jumped out of his car, helped me change it, and said, I'll see you in the shop tomorrow, which I did. I showed up and bought tires from him. But my first job 
when I was 14 was studding tires for Michelin. So you guys don't even know what studded tires are anymore, I bet. Do you? If you're from the Midwest, you definitely know what studded tires are. Um, so that was my first job. And uh, so I, I only buy Michelin tires. That's just how I am. But I found a 70,000-mile full warranty tire. I mean, that'll just go forever. That'll go longer than my Suburban, I think. And I bought that tire, and I didn't even look at the price. I didn't even care about the price because that was a 70,000-mile tire. And that's how a security seeker thinks. They're not necessarily too worried about the savings, but they're always thinking about the future. Absolutely. Always think about the future. All right, so saver, spender, risk taker, security seeker. And the last one is a flyer. Now, what's a flyer? A flyer is a person who flies by the seat of their pants when it comes to money. Money is not the first thing on your radar. When you're trying to make a decision about something, the money component is the, like the last thing that you think about. And flyers are all about relationships. Relationships are so much more important than thinking about the money component of a decision. So I think I saw a few nods out there. So I think we have a few flyers in here. But that's what a flyer is. Because a flyer is always talking about the relationship. When are we going to go out next? What are we going to do? That is a flyer. Again, a person who flies by the seat of their pants when it comes to the money component of a decision. So we have saver, spender. All right, so think about it for yourself. What is your primary one? And if you don't know, take your best guess. If you don't know, you're probably a flyer. Um, um, So take your best guess is what you are. And we're going to get a feel real quick here for what our room looks like. All right, so think if you are a saver, a spender, a risk taker, a security seeker, or a flyer. All right, so first of all, what we want is for all of the savers to stand up and stand with pride. All right, woohoo! All right, great. All right, high five guy, would you come up here for me? Here, I'll do that, honey. Okay. You, you asked for the people. All right. Yeah. So there are our savers. Awesome. And you what probably don't have credit question? card debt. Okay. You can sit Hold down. This okay. And sit here. Oh, okay. All right. Now, this next money personality, everybody's always kind of like a little bit sheepish about this money personality, but they are always our loudest and most rambunctious. So if you are a spender, stand up. Me, I am. Nice. Woo! All right. All right. I want... Okay. You in the blue. I met you earlier, but I come on up. I know it's your first time in new life. Welcome. Yes, welcome. Baptism by fire in this church. All right. Risk taker. If you are a risk taker, always into the new deal. Wow. And Woo, we got all right, a risk taker. Um, you with the hands bouncing. You're awesome. Come on up. My risk taker. You're, you're on stage, buddy. You got 30 seconds to get the rest of that, um, rest of that bagel down. Okay. Security seeker. If you're a security seeker. Wow, there's a lot of security wow, lot seekers of security in here. Seekers. That's awesome. All right, I know I'm going like boy, girl, boy, girl, but I have the mic, so I get to do what I want. So come on up, little security seeker. All right, now, flyers, be proud. Your relationship, people. Wow, that's abnormally high for this wow, group. Wow, that's awesome. I don't think I've ever seen that many flyers uh-uh. in here. Go for it. Um, let's see, boy, girl, all right, who am I going to... Wow, a lot of artistic people, I bet. Wow. Musicians. You know, who's smiling? The big... You're just the smiliest guy in the world. You come up. Yeah, all right, woo. This is the kind of guy you love speaking in front of because he smiles at you the whole time. He could be thinking, We're gonna ask you that. you're an idiot, but he smiles. So, <clears throat> all right. Okay, so what we're going to do is ask some questions and um, to just give you an idea of how the money personalities come through just as a person is talking. And um, so be listening for it as we ask the question. All right, so our first question goes to our saver. 
All right. Phil. Phil. Yeah. All right. He has a name. I call him Saver. He calls himself Phil. All right. <laughs> so next time I see you, I'll be like, hey, Saver, how you doing? Nice, it's nice to see you. Okay. Um, all right. Here's... Okay. All right. So what was something you saved on recently that you are excited about and why? Well, this summer, um, I saved every dime that I uh, made so that I could afford to come here because I knew I wouldn't have time to actually have a job that paid. So I worked three jobs and basically didn't have a life and then saved everything and then now you're here. Now I'm here. Praise God. Yeah. Let's give him a round of applause. Nice. Thank you. It's a great. Saved everything that I had so I wouldn't have to worry about it later. That kind of thing. That is a total saver kind of comment. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> All right. Now, tell me your name again. Sarah. Sarah. This is Sarah's first time. Let's welcome her. All right. Sarah. Woohoo. All right. The question to you is, spenders like to spend money on themselves and others. Speak to us about that. Okay, well, yesterday, um, my sister and I went garage sailing, which I love to do. Um, And I found this garage sale, and she had a bunch of baby stuff, and my best friend is pregnant right now. So I kind of went crazy and bought her a ton of stuff because I got really excited and just wanted to get her a lot of baby stuff. There you go. Woohoo. Now, any guess what her secondary money personality is? No. Mm-hmm. Saver. See, she's primary spender, but she's probably secondarily a saver because she's really excited about that garage sale. <laughs> See how that works? A, a spender, maybe risk taker, probably wouldn't care about a garage sale, but a, sa- a spender saver would. So that is a great example. Thank you so much. All right, next, our risk taker. Um, uh (laughs) Hi. Sorry. What's your name? Josh. Josh, okay. Josh. Josh, the risk taker. All right. Well, 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 let me me ask the question. The question is, see, risk takers (laughs) like to go for it. I mean, that's just kind of, let's do it. Go for it. All right. We find that true risk takers like to take big risks, but also small everyday risks. Would you give us an example of a small risk that you've recently made? Sure. Um, well, I quit my job, and I'm going to Orlando, Haiti, and the Dominican Republic. And, there you uh, go. <laughs> Enough said. And it definitely runs in the family. Like, our family would say, oh, it's better to spend your money on a plane ticket than to get a tattoo, something you can remember by. Okay, something to be remembered by, adventure, why not? Let's go for it, do it. What a great example. Thank you so much. All right, fourth question. We find that security seekers like routine, consistency, and a follow-through plan. How does your security seeker money personality play itself out when planning for a vacation? Well, my name is Natalie. Hi, Natalie. And... I definitely like to know what I'm going to do on my vacation. I like to have everything planned out, leave on time, get back on time, that sort of thing. Oh, that is perfect. So a security seeker, when you have a security seeker in your life, make sure you have a plan and you follow it through because that is all what security seekers are all about that. That's awesome. We love security seekers, nice big planners. It's awesome. All right. And if you're on a team of people, you want to make sure you have a few security seekers on there because they'll help you do all the planning. All right. Flyers. Flyer. Your name? John. John? Okay, great. John the Flyer. 
All right. We find that money isn't the first thing that comes to mind when making plans. What is an example of where this serves you really well? Um, for example, um, there's a person that I think that God wants me to help or something like that. Sometimes I do not have the financial thing to help that person, but I took the risk and just tell that, you know what, God is um, the supplier of all what I need based on his love and his glory. So I'll take time to pray and then, Lord, I don't know how you're going to give this, but just take the risk of having faith by walk by faith and just try. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that, huh? Now I'm going to point him out a, a little bit too in terms of what's his secondary risk taker. You heard him say it. He said it three times. So he's a flyer risk taker. You can just see how it plays. You can just hear somebody's money personality come out exactly how they think. Now we have a new book that just came out. It's called The Five Money Personalities. And uh, we're going to give each of you one as a big thank you. So you can just leave your prop on your uh, chair and uh, enjoy it. Awesome. You guys can sit down now. You guys are dismissed. (laughs) Thank you. You know, it's interesting. As Bethany and I were going through these different money personalities, we've got 10 minutes to wrap this up, so we're going to pick up some good pace here. But um, as, we, as we started working with the money personalities, and we, we met with thousands of couples. We actually did a lot of our research out of MOPS groups, where we go in and speak in a MOPS groups, and then we give three free counseling sessions to couples um, to really get our arms wrapped around these money, these money personalities. But what, where we started was we really harped on the primary money personality, But then more and more we worked with people, we saw how much that secondary money personality came out. So let me give you an example. I am a primary spender. Love to spend money. And I'm good at it. And I love to give. I literally get giddy when I give. I just, it's my thing. And... I'm not rolling so, my eyes. Yeah, no, you kind of did. <laughs> and, um, but my secondary money personality is a security seeker. So it doesn't matter if I'm about to purchase something or if I'm going to give something. What happens on this side... I've got my spender, and he's like amped. He's like, yeah. And then I've got my security seeker on this side, and he's like, slow it down, cowboy. How's that going to affect the long term? You're going to do what with that money? Are you out of your mind? You can't do that. You're an idiot. And then this guy goes, yeah. And then this guy, and so I've got this thing going on. It's like almost like the devil and the, and the little angel. But it's, that's the conversation that goes in my head all the time. And guess what? That's confusing. It's especially confusing if you're in a relationship with someone because we'll be spending and this guy's like, yeah. And then we get in the car and this guy's like, idiot. And, and so then I verbalize that to her. She'll be like, oh, it's so fun just spending a day with you and we were shopping and it was great. And I'm like, yeah, but we spent so much money and I just sucked the joy right out of the entire situation. And that's what those, those conflicting in those, and that's, here's the great thing. Once you understand that that's happening, and once you understand that that secondary, that primary and that secondary are colliding, you figure out your internal tension. I return half the things I buy. Do we have any buyer's remorse people in this room? Yeah. Hi. Welcome to that little conflict going on in your head. I'll keep the price tag on things until I wear it, because I'm not about to put it on or I'm not about to use it. And if I don't use it within a week or two, I take it back. The guys at the store know me. Oh, hey, Scott, it's been 32 hours since you bought that. You know, I'm shocked you're back. So... But that's how that, those different money personalities play into each other. It does. And next week, we're really going to dive into what's called the opposite dynamic. And we're going to identify which money personalities are on one side of the spectrum, which money personalities are on the other side of the spectrum. And then we're also going to answer a lot of your questions. Because one of the things that our desire is, is to say, is to have you understand how this impacts you every single day. 
the love, it's kind of a li- little bit like the love languages, but the money personalities, the five money personalities, they really impact you every single day and every single conversation that you have. So next week, I'm really looking forward to, to diving into that. Now, this will tell you a little bit before, before we wrap up. Scott and I are both primary spenders. So primarily spending, mm, no problem whatsoever. I mean, none. And giving to people, I mean, Scott will say, you know, this person needs something. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, it's just no problem there. And, that, and we get along really well with that. But our secondary money personalities are totally opposite. He's a security seeker, and I'm a risk taker. So John over here was like, you know, go for it. Take a risk. I could totally relate to that. It's like, let's do it. Why not? And Josh. Or Josh? Was it Josh? Was Josh my John? risk taker? That's, that's why we don't call you by your names. Here we go. Our flyer over here. Um, you know, that's, that's what I think. I mean, I'm just like, let's do it. So I'm spending, giving gifts. I have this let's go for it adventure kind of attitude. And then, but Scott's security seeker. That, as somebody said earlier, rounds us off. Well, I, rounds us off, rounds us up might, might be good when you're saying it. But when you're experiencing it, it doesn't feel so good. And so that's where the tension comes inside of relationships. So truth number one is you will have money tension in your relationships. Truth number two is that you have too many personalities that are cooked inside of you, that God cooked inside of you. And next week we'll speak to somebody over here who said, you know, well, kind of that's how you're raised. And we'll, we'll address that, how your money personality is or isn't impacted by your, um, how you're raised. And you may be surprised about that. But the third truth is, is you can have money relief inside of your relationships. Yay, I hear a clapping. We can have money relief inside. It's like, oh my goodness, there's like relief to this? Um, There is. You can have money relief, relief, and it isn't as hard as you may think. Here's how you do it. Every money personality, each and every one of the people has a language that goes right along with it. When I was in Europe, right after I graduated from college, I went to Europe, and I was going to take a day trip all by myself, adventure, risk taker, so you can kind of see how that went, Um, adventure, risk taker. I was going to take a day trip all by myself. I got to the train station. I looked up, and every single sign was in French. There was not one sign in English. There was nobody around that spoke English. I was freaking out. This sweet old lady who had this little kind of helper smock thing on came up to me, and she's like, may I help you? in perfectly clear English. And it was just like a total relief because she spoke my language. So here's the thing. You understand and will learn what your primary and your secondary money personality is, and we'll teach you how to do that in just a minute. But more importantly, the people you're in relationship with learn their money personality and their language that comes right along with it. I had to learn security seeker money personality language if I was going to have a good relationship. It was crucial. I had to talk about the future, which spenders and risk takers never talk about. Spenders and risk takers are always talking about the present. Let's go for it. Do it. Why not? They're not worried about. But I'm so thankful for the security seeker money personality that he has. He has saved us from a lot of risk-taking opportunities that I thought were great. So that's how it works. So I had to learn that one. I didn't have to learn spender because I already knew that one pretty easily. But the security seeker, I really had to learn. So next week, we're going to kind of flush this out a little bit and flush it out in terms of how it impacts our relationships, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a business, whether it's just inside of your family, maybe brother, sister, 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 whatever, brother, brother. So we're going to flush that out a little bit more. So 
kind of what's next before next week. And I hope you all come back. I hope you bring friends. We'll give perspective uh, to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the money personalities a little bit more so if new people come, they won't be lost. But we're going to take just a minute here. We've got two minutes. And there's a card on your um, table. Would you get one? An index card. Would everybody get one? And this is what we'd like you to do. We'd like you to take just a minute and think what we want you to do is put a question on there for us. A question that has, you want to give them examples? A question that has to do with love and money. You know, one example might be like, uh, I'm dating someone and he's kind of cheap. Is that good, bad, and should I get out of this relationship? I'm just saying, that might be a good thing to figure out now. Um, another one might be, you know, my, some, a question about your parents. You know, my parents are this way, I'm in this way. How do, I, how do I get through that conflict? Or is it bad to be this one or good to be that one or whatever? Or, you know, somebody's like, I'm in a relationship with someone and they hide money from me all the time. We have actually a term for that. So there's lots of different questions that you can have with love and money. What does God have to say with this? Any question that you have about what God might have to say about all of this? We'd love to hear from you. And what we're going to do, and go ahead and write your question down. Put your question in the middle of it. I'm going to actually just give you a minute to do that. And take your um, card and just put it, turn it over, put it in the middle of your table, and we'll collect them afterwards. And what we're going to do is next week, we're going to take this week and look through and read all of your questions. And then next week, we're going to put together a presentation that will answer all of your questions. That's our goal and our prayer that we can do that for you, and we're really, really looking forward to it. So again, we'll dive into that opposite dynamic. We'll dive into that, how this impacts your relationships for life. One last step to take before next week, and we would ask you, is that if you would take, this is what we're going to talk about next week, go to themoneycouple.com. We have put together a statistical scientist He's a very smart man from Stanford, helped us put together a money personality quiz, a quiz that you can take that takes less than 10 minutes and will spit out your primary and your secondary money personality. And you might be super duper surprised at what your, your secondary is. Secondary and how much that impacts you. We're going to flesh that out next week as well. So again, be sure to take that money personality quiz at themoneycouple.com. Take that next week um, before you come come on Sunday, and again, we'll flesh it out a little bit. Awesome. So next week, we're going to dive into something called the opposite dynamic and how that affects. We're also going to talk about how you start to speak the other person's um, money language, which is just a blast to try to get your arms wrapped around that. And then we're also going to uh, finish up with the, par- the, prodigal, um, the parable of the prodigal son and, and how the money personalities play themselves out in that. You guys are awesome. I'm going to close this down with some prayer, and then... That'll be that. And you know, one last thing. We're going to be around a little bit. If you guys want to come up and ask questions after here, we're more than welcome to answer them here um, as well as uh, we'll be answering them next week. What a privilege it has been to be with you. Um, We're really excited about what's going on in the mill, uh, the way that y'all are touching lives in such a great way. And um, again, we'll really look forward to being with you next week. Awesome. Lord Jesus, we just love you so much. And um, we're just so thankful to you for this uh, church and for this group of people. Lord, I just... I thank you for um, the support that's here. Lord, I just pray that you bless us this week, that you just help us understand who we are and, and just um, continue to increase our knowledge of you and our relationship with you. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray for safety over everyone in this room. Just be with them, protect them, and guide them. In your holy and precious name, amen.
Thank you for listening to the Mills Sunday School Podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.